we're just gonna I guess we're just gonna start right now so okay so we'll just count it off oh now okay hey guys welcome to another episode of more than a podcast it's your host James as always here to give you guys more of the greatness so we're gonna jump right in um hopefully you guys are having an awesome weekend um I know I've had a pretty decent weekend uh, wanted to talk to you guys about a lot, a lot, a lot of different stuff. Uh, wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the Steam Deck and its first week out uh, and release. Uh, Going to talk a little bit about what games I've been playing. And also uh, wanted to talk about uh, the recently released film, The Batman. So we'll get right into it. Um, as far as what I have been playing... Um, you know, it, it's really funny because, you know, as I've stated in past episodes, I'm not really uh, looking into securing a current generation console, at least in the respect of, you know, um, the PS5 and the Xbox and, and whatnot. I mean, it's just it's been really, really hard, <laughs> honestly, to even like put brain cells into you know how i could possibly obtain one and i just you know i've chosen you know a while ago to just kind of give up in that endeavor however um you know i still been playing a lot of stuff streaming still been playing a lot of my uh legacy consoles like still been playing i've been playing a ton of my vita um and i just recently started picking up my switch again which was taking a back seat once I got the once I got my drift off of that uh, Vita, because um, then I just started getting stuck in the uh, Persona Four Golden again, uh, which is just a phenomenal game. Um, but what I what I really been uh, attempting to do is basically invest myself into more of the PC realm of gaming, uh, and it's really funny because. You know, I don't have a, 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 a gaming PC. I mean, I don't even think I have anything that could remotely give me, you know, um, you know, uh, top in performance, you know, in the respect of recent release. So I don't even really play any of the newer stuff, but it's all in preparation of what my plans are in obtaining uh, a Steam Deck. So, you know, like I've been on steam and i've been playing a lot of my <clears throat> a lot of my older games that will still run on on something but for the most part man i'm just like focusing on what games i'm gonna pile up on and and wish list and get those ready for um for the steam deck because the steam deck it, like it, it just released on the 25th of february um so it's roughly been out for about a week and a and a little while and people are people are liking it, you know, people are enjoying it. Um, I think, I think one of the, one of the, one of the things to said about the Steam Deck, which I think is really interesting and, and a bit enticing is that, yo, it's, <clears throat> it's basically like, yeah, it comes off as a console, but in truth and reality, it's not a console. You know, it's like, it's legit a handheld PC that just happens to play games um, because, you know, the multifunction functionality of the system 
whereas you can you know you can um dual boot it you can use the linux interface to you know perform you know um you know pc regular performances like you can sit there and check your email or browser or or um you know uh do documents or whatever you want to do on the steam deck you could do it right there you know um you know it plugs in plugs it has uh, the ability to uh, support different peripherals and stuff. So you can do mouse and keyboards and all that stuff. So like essentially it's just a PC, you know, in your pocket. Well, not really in your pocket because it's been funny watching people actually put that into practice as far as like trying to stick a um, stick a whole Steam Deck in their pocket. And it just, yeah, don't work. Um it is making me a little upset when I'm watching some of these reviewers and, you know, like their response as far as the ergonomics and and the design, because a lot of people were really uh, upset with the way that the Steam Deck was mocked up to be. And shout out to shout out to Valve for just like really sticking with what they knew they wanted to do, because I and that's like to me. That's one of those things that I respect out of game companies is when they they set a standard and a tone and they they find themselves unflappable to, you know, um, the daily criticisms that come out because there's too many of these companies that I, that I swear it's like, you know, they announce something or direction that they want to take and then they get, you know, this corner of people who really hold no kind of um, official weight in that industry you know, express some kind of disdain. And then all of a sudden people start changing directions and stuff. And I mean, unless you were just like, um, hands on Q and a, then what really, what, what merits do you really have to say that, you know, uh, their button layouts are whack or, or it's going to be heavy. Like people were talking about how heavy it was before they even got their hands on it. Like, I was like, you guys got to calm down. And like now when you look at videos, it's every single video you look at, every single one was everybody saying about the steam deck it's lighter than i expected they say it's big but it's lighter than i expected you know and none of them are are you know doubling down and saying it's lighter than i expected but it's still heavy like no i I'm, i've been looking at several different people who even say <clears throat> that the switch you know, and I think it's just by design. I just think it's how they designed um, their platform and the way that it fits into your hands. You know, a lot of people are saying that that the switch is heavier than the Steam Deck, but I don't really think that it's so much that it's heavier. I just think that it's it's about the um, it's about how they d displace, you know, or how they kind of like spread the weight around as far as the actual system. Um so I mean I'm I'm excited to to get my hands on it. I'm not gonna get it until I believe like April, um, because I was uh, warranted a Q2 um, uh, reservation. Which man, I I just I was I'm telling you I was like, see I've never been lucky enough to like get anything first shot. You know, it's just been so hard. Not, and, and to be quite honest, I don't even really try anymore um, just based on the strength of like never, ever winning out. But I, but for the Steam Deck, I decided to I was like, all right, let's just see if I can get in. And 
you know, one of the things that bothers me is like when, you know, they, they do these like little releases or whatever, and then they'll turn around like an hour later and be like, oh, uh, reservations were sold out in five seconds or, or two minutes. And it's like, bro, it takes two minutes to type my credit card number. Like, I don't even understand how how stuff like that can can happen like that unless it's just all automated by bots and stuff, which Valve did a really good job. And that that was the one thing that gave me confidence was that they they had a lot of um, hoops that needed to get jumped through in order to even qualify to get a Steam Deck. You know, like you had to have a, a Steam account that had purchases that had been made before a certain time you could only do one you know it, it was a lot of stuff that you know they 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 made um consumers jump through in order to secure themselves a reservation and yeah i mean i was i'm telling you i was on it but as on it as i would have as, as i thought i was i was i wasn't quite there to get q1 so you know wasn't able to get that first wave but i'm still excited because you know even even though getting the Steam Deck in April seems like a bit daunting, it's really not because I'm looking at it with a glass half full kind of uh, perspective. It's basically like I'm using this time to a let more releases come out and be available, you know, like Elden Ring dropped and I definitely want to play Elden Ring, but I'm not going to. Like I said, I'm not getting a PS5. I no longer play my PS4. I actually boxed up my PS4. I like legit don't play my PS4 anymore. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait until I get my Steam Deck. And that's going to be like one of my first purchases. I got like at least 20, 25 games that are on my wish list that I'll probably jump on like three of them the day I get my Steam Deck. Like when Steam Deck, when Steam Deck is in my hands and, and it's booted up and powered up and everything's good, I'm going to go right to my wish list. I'm going to buy Elden Ring. I'm going to buy a couple more games. And then I got my library, which is, I'm pretty sure, over a, over 100 games. You know, I, I, I was never one of those people that got onto Steam at the time where they were just like infamous for like their, you know, $2 premium games and all that stuff. Like I remember hearing about that legend and it was like, oh, what are they thinking or what are they doing? And even at that time, I didn't really have a gaming system that could take advantage of, you know, that that benefit of cheap games. And at one point or another, I did get systems that could run stuff. So that's when I started buying a lot of stuff. But, yeah, it's just been r really on and off. So with, you know, with the Steam Deck, as, as far as I see, this is just going to reignite my interest in the response of things that are bet you know best played from a pc perspective and again I, i'm i'm so bought in you know and i'm i'm heavily invested in the mobility of gaming like i appreciate that people want to sit at home um you know enjoy their games on the couch or wherever you like to play your games that's cool. I, I don't I don't have any qualms about it. I, I would never look down on somebody for doing it. But I'm I'm somebody that's always on the move. But as I'm always on the move, I still want to do the things that I enjoy to do. So what better way to do that than to purchase a Steam Deck? You know what I mean? Like I you know, like 
I used to, you know, I remember I used to um, get in those fits where I'd be like at work on break thinking like, man, I can't wait. I got, you know, two or three more hours and then I get to, you know, then I'm off and I get to go home and then I can play some Bloodborne or some Dark Souls 3 or just whatever. And it's like now I don't have to think about that. Now I could legit be at work and heck, I could I could play Steam Deck just in my downtime of doing my own duties. I mean, I, I got a lax job like that. So, you know, I'm not you know, I wouldn't recommend that for everybody. But if I'm sitting at my desk and, you know, I don't, I don't have the workflow coming through or I'm taking care of more than I normally do. I'm busting out the Steam Deck and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have that mess you know, in the middle of Elden Ring playing. And, you know, I, I love a lot. I love a lot of the features that they implemented in that system, you know, um, you know, because playing PC games, it's not really um, a viable thought to think that, that a system could exist that will put a PC game into kind of like a suspended mode. But they've actually got that implemented in the Steam Deck which I think is huge. And I think that's, that's like one of the biggest benefits. Like I don't have to sit there and just be idle on my machine. It's like, I can legit just hit the power button. Boom. I'm, I'm suspended, you know, go ahead, take care of some other stuff, whatever I got to do, hit that power button again, boom, right back where I started. If I'm in the middle of a boss, if I'm in the middle of, you know, at the beginning of a dungeon, if I'm, you know, whatever I'm doing, you know, short of playing something online. Right. And I'm, I'm just, you know, like th that prospect is just like it, it's got me just like, man, I'm just ready. Um, man, I, you know, w the one thing that I was really, really happy with, actually, let, let's let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about the the actual launch of the of the Steam Deck, because that that was so funny, because um, obviously for for cloud and, and, you know, buzz, you know, they uh, uh, Valve did a uh, uh, video showing Gabe Newell going around the Seattle area and he was uh delivering Steam Deck to people Steam Decks to people's houses which I would have flipped you know like if Gabe Newell just came to my job or my house or wherever and was like yo James what's up you know here's your Steam Deck bro I would lose my mind because I know of the legend of Gabe Newell like I know who this guy is this guy started one of the one of the biggest um gaming platforms in the world you know, and um, it was really, really funny because, you know, he he's a, he was all decked out in Steam Deck gear, you know, like he's got his he's got his uh, Steam Deck polo shirt on and Steam Deck uh, 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 fitted cap. And it was just, it, you know, he's just I don't know. He, he was just looking real funny. But what, what was really, really, uh, uh, I think I want to say awkward because it was stupid, awkward, like. He goes up to all these doors and I think two of the two, I think they probably showed like four or five people that, that he went up to their door and two of them knew who he was. The first dude was, was legitimately surprised, right? Like, oh my gosh, this Gabe Newell, this is crazy. And that was cool to see. The second guy knew who he was, but it was like, once he got the steam deck in his hands, he just stared at Gabe and I'm just like, Somebody got to say something because this is real awkward. Like I was like, I felt awkward just watching it and everybody else in the video. They just didn't know who he was. They were just like thinking that he was like, you know, FedEx or something in a different shirt or just whatever. And it was just it was it was a weird video, but it was charming nonetheless. Um, 
but yeah, like, I mean, it's out in the wild and it's, you know, people are getting it. And, you know, I think, uh, <clears throat> I think that the whole Q, uh, system is working. Like I, I wish, I wish there was a way that us fans who are waiting could be clued in to where, you know, what place we have in that queue. Um, because it would give me a better sense of preparation. Cause like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm at, you know, I don't, I don't have the ability to get one until April. So what that did for me, it was like, okay, now I got a little bit more time to, you know, um, you know, get, obviously get the funds together for this particular machine. And, you know, now I can think about, you know, with the time that I have, I can think about possibly getting a better, um, uh, uh internal, uh, uh um sd card so you know at first i was thinking like oh i'll just put in like a few more gigabytes but now nah, now i'm just thinking like with all this time i got enough i have enough time to you know get money together to get myself like a full terabyte or maybe two terabyte cards you know because i because my whole my whole concept is i'm going to do a lot of uh plug and play it's just going to be like a lot of switching cards you know i'll have a card that's that's completely dedicated to you know emulated games and I'll see what I can do as far as, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I, I potentially want to, want to, um, well, what I heard is you can't dual boot it and still have, uh, steam OS or, or, or the like, yeah, like, like you can't have the steam deck operating system and, uh, a separate partition for windows. It, it won't happen because it needs all eight partitions, which is insane. Um, but I dig it. It's like, it, it's, it is what it is. Um, but if, if I can find a way to fandangle around that and finesse a little bit with that, I'll do it. But for the most part, I'm just going to have a ton of games on, on, uh, a couple of different cards and just be able to kind of plop them in and just play when I want. And I got the, I got the biggest one. Um, because when the reservation did come through for me and they said, okay, make your choice, which one are you going to choose? I knew I wasn't going to pick the less lesser one. Well, honestly, it, 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 this, this is how I thought about it. I don't really know much in comparison what the difference was between the memories, but I did appreciate how, you know, valve kind of spelled it out, which they basically were just like, fast faster fastest and i was just like well i mean i'm not gonna compromise myself because i would hate to get one of the you know lesser versions um and then think upon a sudden like oh man i could totally i wish this was a little bit faster well i could have paid for it you know like just knock it all out of the window right now don't worry about because i because when the reservation was going down and they were like oh this isn't going to be available till next year i was like oh well by by next year i'll have you know i'll have double triple the money to pay for it three times over so i'm not really worried about it let's just get the big one right um so that's what i did and and i'm i'm happy with my decision i'm happy with my choice um i just i don't know i just wish there was more transparency as far as like how consumers can stay in the loop on where in that system they are because they also have that caveat of once you get notified you have three days um to to basically secure your purchase and after the three days is up boop, it's going to somebody else so 
you know, I mean, in three days, I mean, sometimes I don't even open my emails in three days, but I, I definitely have been, you know, a little bit more um, diligent in checking my normal emails because like, man, I went into my emails that I know is registered to them. And that thing had like thousands of just unread emails because I just get a bunch of not not really spam. But I mean, well, I guess I guess you can call it spam because it just seems like everything I register for and whatever. They always want to send me newsletters and stuff. And I, I don't read half of it. So it's just like it's all for not what comes like the only thing I ever really care about in my inbox is when I get shipping details um, and confirmation details and, you know, password resets and stuff like that. But um yeah, I'm I'm just hoping that I don't miss that three day window because I know that it would probably suck for people who miss that three day window. Um, and I and I think the other thing that was kind of assumed was that, um, you know, people kind of reserved it for the interest, but then they'd eventually just back out and get their five dollars back and just, you know, kind of move on and whatever. But I think that it's actually turning out to not be that way. Um, Because even Gabe Newell said, you know, one of the things he didn't anticipate was that the premium model was the number one model that people have been going for. People are going for the biggest one, Um, which, again, I'm just like, I mean, for me, it just it just seems like a no brainer. Like, yeah, I, I, I totally think that a person who gets the $400 version is perfectly fine with that choice. I don't think that it's going to negate the experience in any way, shape or form. Um, but I, but again, all of the factors that they, that they talked about that made the high end version 649, I said, yeah, I, I'll invest that. I'll invest in that. That all makes sense to me. And it does. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, like I said, hopefully, uh, Hopefully I get an email at the beginning of April, get that thing shipped to me, and then I can actually talk about the hands-on experience of playing uh, Steam Deck. But while I'm waiting on Steam Deck, like I said, I've been playing a lot of other games, been playing the Vita, playing Persona 4 uh, Golden, um, been playing my Switch. I just recently got a Triangle Strategy, which I think is really, really funny because <laughs> I, I could have swore over time they would attempt to change the name of that game and to think that it is still called tri- triangle strategy is just, I don't know that. I mean, that, that's just, that, that's not, they, they weren't really trying for anything with that. I don't know what, I mean, I'm hoping that some way that plays out in the plot of the game, um, which if you follow me on Twitter, you know that this game is frustrating me heavily. Um, like, you know, people have compared this game to um, final fantasy tactics, I think it's more like Tactics Ogre. I mean, I mean that's just how I kind of see it. I'm looking at it and I'm just like, yeah, this kind of has that Tactics Ogre look, uh, kind of have that Tactics Ogre feel. Um, but, you know, and, and it, it's a beautiful game, you know. It's also obviously reminiscent of Octopath Traveler. Um, but, man, it, it is it is difficult. And, and, it's di- and I feel like a lot of its difficulty is just unwarranted I, I when i and when i say unwarranted it's like it shouldn't come off this way it shouldn't come off this way like i don't understand how they found it feasible to 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 uh pattern the combat in a way that really it just seems unfair like like i was playing i was like how is it that like because one thing okay so one thing for sure and and i keep looking and maybe i'm just not very bright with this but they, they, they basically show you um, 
the potential, I guess the potential lineup, because it never, it never works out the way that I see it. But like they show you all the faces of the, of the units that are going, I guess, in a row. So you're, so in some way you're supposed to understand, okay, this person's going to move next, which means then the enemy's going to move two people, blah, 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 blah. And it seems like every time when I try to read into who goes next, because I think that a certain unit isn't going to move, then they end up moving. And it's like, what the heck happened? So, so like, I don't know why I'm reading the unit read wrong. Um, I know it's a lot different than, um, I mean, cause Final Fantasy Tactics was like that in, in the, in the respect of like, just everybody kind of moving on their own time. <clears throat> and obviously like faster units would, would, you know, make faster, uh, you know, quicker movements, uh, over, you know, standard units and whatever, um, you know, heavier units will make slower and, and shorter movements and stuff like that. Like I get all that. I've, I've gotten that for years, but it's like in this game, it's like, I would move like one unit and then they get to move like three. And I'm like, bro, like, are you serious right now? Like, I, like, and, and it's so funny because the three units that they move always seem to get around to one of my weaker units and then they just completely destroy them. And I've had this happen like within the first turn where I'm like, how did that even happen? How did that even happen? Like, how did, how did that happen? And it's, it's so frustrating. And you know, like they have, they have this mechanic that it's actually kind of sweet um, where you can, um, you can do the, uh, it's kind of like a back attack or a double attack. Basically, like if one person standing at the back of them, one person standing in the front of them, they'll basically do an additional attack, um, which is kind of cool. But it's like, I don't know, like why? Why not implement that so that if you just have a person completely surrounded, everybody just takes their shot? Because that's how it seems like, you know, like to me, that's that would that would kind of offset the fact that you get to move more units towards me in the first place like if you just allow three of my units to hit one of yours so that your four three or four units can move you know in rapid succession then help me out right they they just it, it's not that way and it, it's and it's like they get the, their units get to move further and i say they i mean the enemy units they can move further <laughs> they can hit harder it's just frustrating and I, i've just i've been so angry and i've just been like yo I'm going to chuck this game in the trash because this is just this is not what I envisioned as far as playing this game. This is not good. This is not good. Like it's 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 good when when it's when it's going OK, but when it's not, it's just like, bro, I could be playing something else and actually enjoying it. So I don't know. Like I'm I'm still trying to give it a chance. Um, I'm trying to implement different um, you know, different strategies and whatever, putting in different units, uh, doing some of the little training missions where you can level up, stuff like that. I mean, the, what, what they need to do, which which I don't know why they didn't do this, because they claim that like, oh, you know, there's the main course of the mission where you'll see the big exclamation, but then you'll see these other icons. Those are little side stories. It's like, yeah, but why not just have the map open to random explore, exploration? where I could just go out and I can just grind for a little bit. Like I should just be able to do that. That should just be a no brainer. I should just be able to go out into the open world, grind myself to a respectable level to where I don't have those issues of, of, you know, um, 
you know, having, you know, these challenging encounters with units that are, you know, either on my level or just a little bit above. And then I'm just getting completely wiped out like every time. It's just like, I don't know. It's just unfair. So, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm experimenting with it. And it, it it's it's a pretty game, uh, but it's a frustrating game. So I don't know how, how I'm going to deal with that. I'll, I'll give it a little bit more of a go today and then we'll see what happens. Um, I've also been playing because, um, like I said, with the with the whole Steam thing, I've been uh, kind of buying games randomly here and there. I bought uh Final Fantasy Six, which I, I I haven't sat down to like give it like a good amount of time, but the main reason why is because I bought it in the anticipation of what I'm going to do with the Steam Deck. Like I'm when I get my Steam Deck, that's going to be like one of the first games I I download and just I'm going to give it hours on top of hours. Like I'm just going to run through it and just let that game kind of capture me. Um, you know, I'm I'm at a point in the game i think i'm in this desert castle and uh some of our characters are kind of meeting each other for the first time and whatever and it you know it's interesting but like i said i want to i want to do that in my most comfortable method and i'm i'm just gonna do i'm gonna wait until i get the steam deck um i also bought a game which i played before in the past um and it's really it's a really funny story how i got into this game so there's a game um, which is called Game Developer Tycoon. And um, <laughs> I remember when this game first came out, I think it was 2017. I think so. 2017 or, or 2007. I don't know. Like it, it was it was somewhere in that wheelhouse. I'm not sure. But it's a game I played before. And when I played that game, I remember that I acquired the game in a not so, you know, respectable way. And, um, you know, I remember playing it and what was really, really genius as far as an, an in-game implementation was that there was a there was something because, you know, like whenever whenever you get games, you know, in a less than savory fashion, there are people, you know, there are developers that implement things to let you know that they disapprove of your decision. And, you know, whether that be like a, a hard boss or they they uh, they kind of chump up your your uh, your your user experience. Maybe they'll make the controllers go wonky or just whatever. Um, there's you know, there's always a, there's always something. And what this developer did was super clever. So what they did, because like you get notifications through the game, basically as a part of the tutorial and whatnot. And they basically gave me a note that basically said, you know, we realize that you, you want to play the game. I, I can't remember ver verbatim, but you know, I'm paraphrasing. It was basically like, you know, we, we realize you want to play the game, yada, yada, yada. But you know, uh, you know, getting a game in this, in this way is not the way. Um, and basically they implement that as a feature while you're developing games. So as you're developing games in the game, you basically suffer the consequences of what you've done to that developer. And then you start losing money and this, that, and the other. And, you, and it's not like it's not like a complete drain on you, but it's a very realistic way to speak in a volume for people who can't 
openly be there to defend themselves from, you know, actions like that, you know, and, and I just thought it was super clever. And I was like, you know what? They deserve my money because for that to really put me on, on notice and just like say like, yo, we respect you want to play, but this ain't the way. Yeah, you could. I, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't uh, I couldn't ask for a bigger wake up call. So I definitely uh, went and gave him my money and supported the game. And it's fun. Like it, it's a fun little time waster. Um, you know, I enjoy uh, putting putting the different um, gaming categories together and, and you know, and, you know, uh, putting my resources into, you know, AI as opposed to level design or whatever. And however you try to even it out and then getting the gaming scores and going. And, and it's so funny because they reference they reference every major system um, in video game history you know, even the even the uh, history of how the PlayStation came about, they referenced that in the in the uh, in this game, and it's just it's super cool and very nostalgic, and I really 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 enjoy the game. So if you enjoy little time wasters like that game developer story, you should definitely grab it. It's super cool, um, and yeah, that that's that's pretty much been what I've been playing. I, I've been just kind of laying low key and just really really and honestly, I've been keeping games at a medium because i know that i'm going to be super hyped once uh i get that steam deck and another thing that another thing that i I wanted to say about the steam deck before i switch gears is i i've been i've been so enamored with the the thought of how valve has implemented their uh their badge system for steam deck games so the the guys over at valve or or the the employees at valve are basically making an effort to go through their games and determine the playability of all of their library um or a majority of their library obviously a lot of the more uh a lot of the more popular games are getting first dibs on on these badges um you know like elden ring is is uh seen as being a I believe a, a great. I think they call it great on on Steam Deck. So basically, it just means that it runs. It's good. It's not. Go, it's going to have little to no compromise, and you're solid. And then they have like you know like they have like they they basically just have a tier system. But what's been funny is that is that uh, you know they they have also like an unsupported. And unsupported doesn't necessarily mean that they've determined that it just won't run. It just means they haven't tested it out yet. Um, and it's just been and like I've been watching videos of people testing out games that are listed as unsupported and they're just playing just fine. And even Gabe Newell was like, you know, like uh, Final Fantasy 14, I think currently is listed as unsupported. But Gabe Newell himself said that he plays this Steam deck all the time between him and his son. They both play Final Fantasy 14. And I'm just like this is exactly what I wanted. Like I, I, I kid you not. One of my first determinations of, on getting a steam deck, I said, I will 110 get behind this system. If I know that I can play final fantasy 14. And when I started looking at other uh, channels that were talking about the pop, the probability of games and this, that, and the other. And I saw that other people were also championing, championing for, um, for playing final fantasy 14 i said okay so as long as there's a buzz and an interest in in this one endeavor they will be listening and we can possibly get this to happen 
and it's happening. It's actually happening. I'll be able to grab a Steam Deck and immediately get Final Fantasy 14 back up and running on on a respectable, you know, uh, PC quality experience. And yeah, because I because honestly, like I made that transition because, like I said, I used to have a nice PC and I used to play a lot of Final Fantasy 14 and then circumstances in life happen and then um i transitioned to playing it on ps4 and that just wasn't quite the same experience um and yeah i i really really enjoy that game but i just i i have to do it on a pc level so this is going to give me that ability to get back into a game that i love and i appreciate and i'm just like i'm super 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 stoked um so that there there you go that's uh gaming and that's the steam deck and now i want to talk about uh a film that just came out this past friday um the batman it is finally here um you may be listening to this you may have already seen it or you may be anticipating to see this and i just want to give you my thoughts on the film overall i'm not going to spoil the film i'm not going to um delve into plot too deeply because i think that uh, the Batman is definitely a film that has to be experienced in whole, uh, you know, uh, on, on a very personal level. I think every person needs to go and see the Batman and just feel their own way about it uh, because it's so good. It's so good. Now, now, what I will say about the Batman, OK, there, there's a few things I'll say about the Batman. So let's just start with the with with the most obvious. This is not a superhero film. Okay, this is not a superhero film. This is not a film about, um, you know, this isn't a film that you would compare or line up next to, you know, um, Aquaman or or um, or the Avengers or, you know, anything like that. This is a grounded film about a vigilante who just happens to be Batman. It is stupid good in that way. And I think the execution was phenomenal. Now, this is the other thing that I wanted to to talk about. Every iteration of Batman that we've had, and you know, people have argued for years about who the best Batman is, this, that, and the other. And I'm not here to argue Robert Pattinson's point. I'm not. But let me tell you what I did appreciate about this version of Batman. We've seen all different iterations of what Batman can be on the big screen. We've seen him, you know, from the perspective of, you know, the Frank Miller kind of kind of look, you know, uh, with Ben Affleck. You know, we've seen him from kind of sort of the comic booky type look with, uh, you know, Christian Bale and obviously a lot of the other ones. We've seen him very campy, kind of like the the television show with with George Clooney. You know, we, we've seen him in so many different ways, but we never really, truly got to see him in the way that I've always wanted to. And that's as the world's greatest detective. And this is the film where we get that. This is the film we get that this film again, is not a superhero film. I would not take my kids to see this to gush over a superhero. This is a film that is more comparable to a movie like Memento or Seven than a movie like, you know, uh, 
Batman Begins or The Dark Knight or anything like that. It's a completely different film. And again, from the from the from the aspect of like the who done it, um, man, the execution was amazing. It's a three hour film. It's long, but I felt this was a movie that played its three hours carefully because in each moment they fleshed out every single character so that you had a firm understanding of where a person was and where they plan to be. It was great. I can't say enough about the characters. Colin Farrell, he's probably my standout from the entire film. Like Robert Pattinson's going to get a lot of praise for his role as Batman, but uh, Colin Farrell just nailed it as the Penguin, or they more affectionately call him Oz um, in this film. And I mean, they, the look, the the mannerisms, everything. I mean, he was great. He was so good and i love that take on 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 the penguin's character loved it um zoe kravitz i you know i've said you know in the past that i don't have a lot of experience with zoe kravitz as far as things that she's done in hollywood um i did watch her movie kimmy uh, i think it's called kimmy um on hbo max and that was a decent film. And I actually use that as a buffer to kind of understand her direction as an actor. I'm telling you right now, that film couldn't even begin to tell you the depth of her ability to play into a character with layers that you need to fold back and understand. Like it it was a lot like, again, you know, we get these superhero films where you know, they build up on a tragedy or an accident or, you know, some kind of circumstance. They, man, dude, it's none of that. They get right into the thick of these characters being exactly who they are. And they're only two years into the whole experience of the of, of the Batman. They're only two years into that experience. So. And, and and it's it's just a legit approach. And I loved it. Like she wasn't, you know, she wasn't Catwoman to be Catwoman. She was just she was just seriously like in the film, she was just seriously a woman who just happened to like cats. And yeah, like there it, it was more of a it was more of a convenience and a coincidence that she wore the things that she wore, you know, uh, you know, and, and she went about you know, her, her whole, uh, direction, the way that she did now talking about, uh, Robert Patson and, and his, his Batman, like, man, I, 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 I can't even like, I can't even like begin to tell you how much I loved his approach because again, this is a movie about deductive skills and almost a manic obsession to just get 
the answers that he needs. And, you know, it's like he's not this menacing presence. Like, yeah, people are scared of the Batman, but, you know, there's there's far more people that think that he's a freak and 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 he's, you know, like like there there are just people who just don't really look at him as like this iconic character. But again, a lot of that just plays into the fact that this is only two years into it. Um, you know, like I, I definitely like the line, I think in the movie. And again, I'm not, I don't think I'm saying it directly, uh, correct, but it was like, he was saying like, you know, the, it's not just a symbol, it's a warning. And like, they had a lot of shots where they would show characters, uh, or bad guys doing random stuff, robbing people, this, that, and the other, but then they'd always look over into the shadows and it gave you such a brooding feeling like you didn't know who or what was coming. And and it almost it put me on edge. Like, is the Batman standing in there? Like, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. Because a part of his and, and that was another good thing that they did. Um, allowing the narration uh, in the beginning and towards the end to reference the state of mind of uh of batman as as he you know goes on his you know his vigilante uh direction it was just it was played out perfectly i just i love that narration um i loved his take on why he was doing what he was doing and one thing i will say though as a knock to batman is i mean it, okay so in the you know how they always say like in trailers there are certain movies that you know they show their best parts in in the trailer it, it that's kind of like what happened with with uh the batman so you know I, and i and i was kind of wondering i was like man i hope that scene where the where the thug asked him who is he supposed to be i hope that that's either extended or altered or even all the way removed so that it can kind of swerve us as far as what happens in that particular motion. But no, it was the, it was the same exact scene. It played out exactly like it did in the, um, in the trailer. So it wasn't as, it wasn't as, um, it didn't hit as hard. I mean, I'm pretty sure Batman hit that man hard, but like it didn't affect me as much as it did when I was watching it over and over and over again in the trailers. Um, you know, don't worry, honey. I got nine of them talking about the nine lives. Like I saw that played out so many times in a trailer. I, when she said it in the film, it didn't mean anything to me. So there was a lot of stuff that I feel like it got oversaturated in, in the trailers. And it would have just been a little bit more pointed had they just allowed that to play out in the actual film. I think it would have gotten a bigger reaction because like the, the, the crowd that I was in, like they reacted to a lot of the film. But I felt like a lot of it was kind of dampened by like all of all of what I just said. You know, people had already seen it before, so it wasn't as surprising. Now, let's talk about the part that really got me going. The introduction of the Batmobile. And I know people are kind of they're on the fence about it. Some people like it. Some people don't. It's like whatever. I think that 
for the grounded perspective of what a Batman would be in our in our everyday life, it was perfect. I wouldn't expect a Batman enthusiast type dude to be running around in a tumbler. I wouldn't expect a Batman to, you know, have, you know, some car that looks like a, a partway missile. Like, no, if he had a a muscle car or, or a Dodge Charger or something like that, excuse me, that that's what I that's what I would would fathom as being more realistic in this world today. And that's exactly what it was. But man, the scene where that that car came out, it was just it was just so good. So, so, so good. The car chase scene was really good. Um, but let's talk about the part where everybody's probably wondering the Riddler. Was he any good? Paul Dano. I don't I don't know this actor from a hole in the wall. But I will tell you this. He has made me consider that he has done just as good a job, if not a better job at portraying his villain than Heath Ledger did with the Joker. And I and I mean that 110 percent in my opinion, in my humble opinion, he did just as good a job, if not better as the Riddler. He was unquestionably creepy unsettling just unpredictable and the fact that he was ahead of batman and jim gordon and the gcpd just i mean you you just you were on the edge of your seat because you did not know where he was going to be next it was just so alarming it was so alarming and um yeah he just played he just played it so well and his eye movements and his mannerisms and his speech and his cadence the way he breathed was just unsettling i, I that version of riddler could have been in the christopher nolan films like if they if if they replaced that Riddler with Bane, I think that uh, that that the last uh, Batman film would have been just. I think it would have been way better than the Dark Knight, because the Dark because Dark Knight Rises wasn't better than the than uh, the Dark Knight. But if if it was Paul Dano's Riddler as as that third villain, oh, it would it would have it would have doubled what the dark knight did because you you because joker was crazy and joker was unpredictable but man i'm sorry like i if how do i say this if if somebody told me there was a guy named joker and he was running around the city and he's causing chaos and havoc my whole thing is like it's kind of like a tornado. I really don't know if he's that close to where I am. But if there was the same news broadcast and it said there's a guy, he calls himself the Riddler. He is targeting um, all people who have reservations for the Steam Deck because he didn't get one. Bro, 
I would be so freaking scared to even sleep because of just his ability to just be present. And the fact of me trying to to have a deterrent in some way, like, oh, I'm going to just lock my doors. Or I'm going to put a ring cam on my. No, he probably already set up something for your failure before the newscast even went live. That was the part that had me messed up was that he was so he you talk about being ahead of the curve. This dude was ahead of the whole city. It was it was insane. It was it was just absolutely insane. The mo the movie got a got a 10 out of 10 on IGN. And I know a lot of people don't trust IGN. I rarely trust them. But if I had to rate this on a 10 to 10 scale or a five star scale, this is a absolute five stars hands down 10 out of 10 hands down the film was just amazing and i am definitely going to go and see it again because it was just that good but what do you guys think are you guys going to be going to see the batman um what games are you guys playing um are you playing anything um on pc or are you just sticking with the consoles and what do you think about the steam deck uh do you have a steam deck are you uh anticipating that you may want to get a steam deck in the future i would love to hear from you guys you know you can always hit me up online on the twitter at more ta podcast that is more ta podcast and uh, we can talk about some things. I would definitely like to talk to you guys. Um, probably next week I'll do a spoiler cast as far as the Batman. Um, but yeah, go out and see that film. Go out and uh, have a good time. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. As always, you know the deal. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>